one of my earliest memories is being forced into tights, the kind that have, you have to put little garters on them and snap these hose in. Oh, like weird. The weirdest, girliest thing. Like, it was bad enough that someone got a dress over my head. Right. And also, like, garters on a six-year-old. Can we just stop that full tilt? That's a bit too, like, Mae West in the saloon for a child, in my opinion. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> With, like, a, a Virginia Slims hanging off the side of your mouth. Totally. Totally. <laughs> there. Uh, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where, just like Sister Mary Clarence, played by an effervescent Whoopi Goldberg in Touchstone Pictures 1992 nun caper sister act, queer folks remind you that you can be both reverent and loose. That's right. You don't have to choose as long as you're wearing LeMay. Yes, every episode I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what, because it's always both, made them queer. Uh, welcome back. We're blasting into season three still. We are hot off the uh, the sweet tangy afterglow of Martha Chavez, who fortunately, right after uh, having my conversation with, I got to see perform live at Earth Angels, uh, Earth Angel being Maggie Casella, that Earth Angels, We're Funny That Way Festival in beautiful Picton, Ontario, uh, which is actually really, I can't say enough great things about Picton, so I won't. But it was great. And I got to see Martha. She is just as funny in person. I got to meet a whole bunch of other great funny comics, some of whom you might be hearing on the show in the future. Oh, I don't know. I spoil everything else, but I do not spoil my own show. So I'm not going to tell you who they are, but just wait. In some other news, I just got back from Vancouver. I got to spend a hot minute weekend in Vancouver seeing uh, Caravan Stage Company's final show. I, you might not know this about me, so let's dial back. I spent a few years of my life on and off on a sort of punk anarchist theatrical pirate ship called, well, the company was called Caravan Stage Company. Uh, first in Sicily, in Italy, which was great, and then kind of all over the U.S., blah, blah, blah. That's a whole nother story. I've actually made a podcast about that, too, which you can hear on CBC's The Doc Project. It's a three-parter, that classic story structure. You can hear about how dad got his trauma. So check that out. But anyway, uh, the couple who run it are older than I am, and they are tired, and they are retiring. So they had their final show of this expanse of a wild nomadic life on the weekend and I thought there's a lot of things I'm not gonna do in my life to save money almost everything actually the a woman at the supermarket tonight remarked you found everything with a 50% off sticker and I said ma'am that's my personal ethos and motto in in every outside of the supermarket that's how I play mostly dating but uh, I went out to Vancouver because I couldn't miss that. I spent the money on a flight, albeit 
a very inexpensive airline, which does not even give you so much as a cup of water without you paying a surcharge. But I flew out there. It was amazing. I love Vancouver. I love, love, love Vancouver. Palm trees all year round in Canada. Who could imagine? But on the flight back, I thought, this is great. I'll fly back. I'll do an overnight from Vancouver uh, to Toronto, which is four and a half hours, which is not the length of a night in case you, uh, you know, can count. I can't. So I did that. I did not get enough sleep. I slept about an hour because not only do they not provide water on that flight, but they don't provide leg room or arm room or any of the kinds of room that one might want to uh, have a physical existence. So when I showed up uh, on Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, I was a little tired. And uh, now it's one day later. I'm fresh. I've had a great sleep. You can hear it in my voice. This is the pep of a well-rested, psychologically damaged queer person. And that's what I bring to you for free on this podcast. I'm the antithesis of the airline that I flew, and I'm not going to say their name because I will continue to patronize them in the future because I'm cheap and I don't want to get blacklisted. But I am the opposite of that airline. I would never charge you for anything. I giveth this podcast away for freeth. And uh, and so let's get back to that. Anyway, I went to the show. It was great. I was tired. I'm not tired. Today's guest is... This is a special one. This was so much fun. My guest in this episode is Elvira Kurt. Oh boy, this was fun. Every now and then I get to talk to someone who, you know, I of course know of all the guests and sometimes know the guests that I bring on the show. But Elvira is someone who's been in my consciousness for a long time as a true comedy legend, queer comedy legend also, but also straight up comedy legend. To get to talk to her uh, uninterrupted, except by her back pain for an hour, was a true joy. She lived up to and broke through the glass ceiling <laughs> of my expectations. And what, is, what does that mean? What did I mean by that? Uh, she was great. She delivers every freaking minute, as you've come to expect. So let's do a quick skip across Elvira's bio to learn a little bit more about her before you learn a lot more about her through me. Through my husk. Elvira Kurt is a comic, actress, host, and writer, because who can choose just one? Uh, she is openly lesbian, spoiler, uh, who coined the term fella girly for lesbians with a butch femme style. You might know Elvira for really a sweet little peak of hair in the middle, uh, famously some beautiful sort of Rivers Cuomo. Is it Rivers or River? The lead singer of Weezer type glasses. We could say Buddy Holly as well if we want to go there. Iconic eyewear. Elvira was the first out LGBTQIA plus comedian to perform on national Canadian television with a performance on CBC talk show Friday Night! Exclamation point with Ralph Ben Mergy in 19-frickin-93. So, you know, folks, like, when did Ellen come out? Not that early. Ellen dragging her heels as if she ever wore heels, dragging her high tops. Well, Elvira is out there, you know, taking chances, throwing the dice, because what does Elvira care? She's a damn legend. She's going to find work no matter what. And she did. 
Uh, Avira performed at the inaugural We're Funny That Way Festival in 1997. I saw the 2022. I was a little late for her performance and was disappointed that she wasn't still there. She's hosted so many things because she's just so good on the spot. Uh, you can see her all across the TV spectrum. And not only that, she puts her beautiful comedic brain to good use as a writer on shows such as Canada's Drag Race, The Great Canadian Baking Show, and Baroness Von Sketch Show, which, like, come on, is there a higher trifecta of TV anywhere? It's certainly not Game of Thrones. Get out of town. Can you imagine Elvira writing on Game of Thrones? I'll tell you what, that last season wouldn't have played out like that last season played out. It, there would have been, what, more pratfalls, better eyewear, as I've referenced before. Uh, so Elvira's a legend, catch up. And I'm about to talk to her. You're about to hear it. It was so fun. You will hear some minor sound issues. It's fine. Elvira had a bit of back pain, as I said. She was reclined on a chaise lounge, aka couch, near what might have been an open window. And you know what? We do what we can with the tools which we are given and which we receive. And that's fine. Because as I said before, this is a free podcast. Listen, if you want us to record in a panic room, in Jodie Foster's panic room with padded walls, then, you know, let's start a Patreon for me and you can fund that. But in the meantime, I accept my guests as they are. I don't put sound restrictions on them because that kind of stuff belongs behind a paywall. And if you remember me talking about my supermarket experience, nothing about my life is behind a paywall. So let's get to it. Let's enjoy this conversation. Oh my God. What a what a time, what a special time. I just know you're going to love it. Please enjoy the uh, spectacularly I weared Alvira Kurt. You made me queer. Hey, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. What a treat. Hey, listen, the treat is mine. I also want you to know <laughs> this is kind of rigged up behind me. Yeah. I'm gesturing. This is awful podcast content. I'm gesturing towards one half where my backdrop is uh, tied to like a like a tripod. And then the other end is stuck in my fridge door. Amazing. Amazing. I know. Yeah. And here you are just lounging. I am. I, I, I threw my back out. So I'm just trying oh. to make myself comfortable. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and I took... Um, Took two, two of the, the drugs, thinking I just want to nip this. Oh, and then you know, and then went back to work, and then like, you know, like thirty-five minutes later, this was this morning. I was like, oh, <laughs> that is maybe too strong. Right. So I'm hoping that I that I'm coherent and that uh, it's worn off enough for me to be able to do this. Okay, we're gonna. I listen. I want you just as you are, but okay. we'll do because people can't see us. If I feel like you're floating onto another planet, I'm just gonna tap my nose like that. Okay, perfect. Great, and then we'll just come down together. We'll, you know, we'll light a candle. Oh my God, I just want someone to hold on to. <laughs> that's right. It's like the yeah. Don't do mushrooms before a podcast. For I think sure. that's the only rule. Certain rules. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't intend to throw my back out mopping but there that's oh no mopping mopping. it's not even dramatic it's not like (laughs) i was doing the powerlifting because like i'm a crossfit weirdo yeah i was just moving my foot and my back went boing it's always those it's not like the marathon it's the like you you uh pick up the the rubik's cube in a weird way true why 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 are we so fragile True. My God. Like a pandemic isn't bad enough. We've all got bird bones now. It's true. 
<laughs> we're too brittle. We're not made for this world. And yet birds are dinosaurs, so they've had a good long run with their bird bones. Everything has two sides. You can always look at something another way. That's so, so poignant and beautiful. Uh, bird bones, colon, everything has two sides. <laughs> this is the book that you're, I, I commission you to write. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, did I write a book about? <laughs> did, just, did I? I thought I did a podcast, but I feel like I it was a pitch, and I've got I'm working on this project with this guy I just met over the. Anyway. Oh my god! And we're stuck in this, and now listen, I'll see you at the Man Booker Prize uh, award ceremony. Oh god! I mean, yes, please. please, but you know, maybe that's the perfect segue, Elvira. Yeah, let's because go. let's do it. Because here we are. You know, everything has two sides. One side you look at it and uh, people become who they're meant to be. And the other side you look at it and you say, people are making us queer. That is the, literally the smoothest segue. I mean, I've never heard. Thank you. Thank you. I'm giving it's... you the man Booker Prize. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know what? I'm giving you the woman Booker Prize. Yeah. Go. Listen, I set you up, you knock him down. That's perfect. Uh, shame on the misogynist, outdated man Booker Prize and the jokers who run it. Shame on them! <laughs> shame. They hear the, this podcast, boy, they're going to change the way they do things. We've got a big listenership with the people of the man book. I honestly cannot even tell you. I know man Booker Prize is about books, mm -hmm. but that's not why Booker's in the name. It isn't. I know that much, too. <laughs> it's it just men who win it, don't, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, like most things, I would assume. Oh. Not because they deserve it. Anyway, we digress. It's so true, but you're so self-aware. It's making this conversation a lot easier for me. It's really taking the edge off your drugs. It really is. <laughs> My sober approach. Yes, so... Okay, so you know, the segue was beautiful. It was brilliant. Yes, so you want to know who made me queer specifically. Wait, now listen. We've got a bit of poetry. That's the way we do things here. Okay, so, ahead. yes, so there's... As you've alluded to, as I've alluded to, things are happening. People are at power. The big wigs behind prizes of all sorts are pulling the strings. And when you and I uh, were growing up, we didn't know what all these strings were. So we fell victim to the forces. Yes, the forces. The forces. But now we're adults. We mop whenever we want. We wear headphones. We we laze about. Uh, so now we can point the finger of blame, Elvira. And that's why I've called you here, because I want you to do that, okay. even, you know, in a gentle way that accommodates your body's needs sure. and your pain threshold. Definitely. If you go above an eight, uh, do this. Okay. Okay, great. So that's why you're here. I want to know, Elvira Kurt, who and or what made you queer? Well, I mean... There's so many points of entry, but I would say a really, a really obvious one, and it's mm. not the earliest one, but there was a time in the 70s, and I want everyone to, to pull, pull themselves closer mm -hmm. to whatever device they're listening to. <laughs> As I set the scene uh, back in my formative years, this would be the 70s, mm. uh, where you you had no way of accessing um, any pop culture on demand the way we can now. You know, you couldn't go to a streaming service and scroll through all of them and try to find, you know, your dream uh, movie. So I would every week get the TV guide that came yes. with the newspaper and I would immediately, and remember, none of this is with any sort of self-awareness until, 
you know, well into the umpteenth time I did <laughs> this very thing. But I would go through the TV guide as soon as it came, looking for uh, Trouble with Angels. <gasps> it was a one from the 60s starring Rosalind Russell. Now, I didn't watch it for Haley Mills. I was oh, watching please. for Rosalind Russell. She was strict. She played Mother Superior. She was very, she, she wasn't mean, but she was firm. She was, she took no bullshit and she, there was always the sense that, you know, when you misbehaved, which Haley Mills did regularly. Oh, please. She was a Disney scamp. A scamp. <laughs> by this time, by, by the time of trouble, with angels had totally aged out of <laughs> their teenage years. But that, you know, it didn't matter to me. I, you know, I projected myself into Haley's role and just was waiting to misbehave so that I could be, you know, brought in to be punished by Rosalind Russell. That was my dream. And I looked forward to this every week. And then when I found it in the TV guide, I would circle it. And oftentimes it would be playing, you know, it'd be like on a school night. Oh, no. Tuesday, Wednesday night, three in the morning. And I'd set an alarm <gasps> and then I'd, I'd wake up. I'd wake up. Are you serious? Like 10 minutes before, go downstairs to the TV room, very, very quietly so that no one could hear me. And I would watch Trouble with Angels. Oh, my like God. Time. And it wasn't until about, I don't know, like the, like it was, it was a long time. I was not, because I'm raising a teenager now and they uh -huh. know what's what. Like they have a crazy amount of self-awareness. But I was probably like three or four months into this project where I was like, <laughs> what is happening? But I keep like people watch this movie whenever it plays, and I feel funny when I'm watching Rosalind Russell get mad at Haley slash me. One hundred percent. And so, for folks who don't know this, so this is basically like it's sort of like um, a non-school private school scenario where you've got Haley Mills and her bud. It's like in a uh, kilt kind of thing and like a white blouse just like you picture one of those schools and then Rosalind Russell as like the sort of take no shit mother superior absolutely and Mary Ricks was in it as <sighs> well as the sidekick the nun sidekick like it was oh my god it was so bananas it's such a dream and like and I grew up I mean I watched these movies a little later but Haley Mills she was like that darn cat and uh, she was like great at like a big eyed moment of like, whoa, but still like a little naughty. For sure. Oh, she yeah. did the parent trap. Remember, she, that was the first. That's right. The one that Lindsay Lohan then did famously did a remake of. Famously. Uh, a very good remake, also, that one. But oh, fair enough. There's nothing like the OG in black and white. And, you know, oh my God. The stepmother in that also did it for me. I, I, like, I don't know what. <laughs> to do and she was getting the scripts or ma the material but it totally lined up with every uh strong female role model and then i would just replicate this in my relationships for well until i went into Basically. Were you? Well, I mean, listen, and that's a journey that's never done until we die. Uh, were you in the relationships, the Rosalind Russell or the Haley Mills? No, I'm. I'm telling you, I was Haley Mills. 100%. I see. You're Haley Mills. I, I just wanted to misbehave so that I could have to, you know, I would then be sent and right you know, chided with a ruler. Mm. Oh, oh. So at the time, which I mean, there's so much to unpack here. But at the time, were you like? 
as you know, young of yours, like, why do I like? Th- why am I watching this at three in the morning? Right, was exactly. the reasoning? There was already so many. There, were, I was in a field of red flags at this point. <laughs> That's I right. You no, know, I didn't. You know, when you're, it's like the monkey house. Like you're, when it, all it is is red. Yeah. You're not like I wonder what this color is. You're just like, oh, this is my surroundings. This I, is my world. Yeah. <laughs> but I could have drawn a straight line from. You know, my early one of my earliest memories is being forced into, and now this would be the in the sixties. Yeah, at three or four, being forced into um, tights, the kind that have you have to put little garters on and then snap these hose in. Oh, like weird! The weirdest, girliest thing. Like it was bad enough that someone got a dress over my head. I like I was <laughs> yeah. I was imagine putting a dress on an actual wildcat. <laughs> that, and then, you know, once I uh, somehow, you know, was overpowered by stronger arms at that point, uh, yeah. I had to endure this, what felt like actual humiliation to be put into uh, tight. So so the mm-hmm. drag of girlness, of mm-hmm. girl, was not working for me to like much more than just, oh, she's a tomboy. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the whole package. And also like garters on a six-year-old. Can we just stop that full tail? That's a bit too like Mae West in the saloon for a child, in my opinion. A little bit. All that was, I had a little purse that I would just. <laughs> <throw> <laughs> totally. <laughs> with like a, a Virginia Slims hanging off the side of your mouth. Totally. Get out here with that shit. Yeah, and then now in nursery school, I could go, you know, this is a lateral move, but around that same time, I... I was, uh, I had a very hard time uh, resting. I believe I, this is a, a mm. my act. I used to, <laughs> you know, because my whole thing was other people know that you're queer before you do. And in right. my case, you know, I had a nursery school report card that said, nice child, but rarely stays on her own mat at nap time. <laughs> <laughs> what a read. Oh, no. So I think I was a wanderer, and oftentimes I'd have to be pulled off of, you know, some little girl. I, I, oh, I love that. Wait, wait, sorry, that took a turn. Pulled off of a little girl? You know, like lying on her mat beside her. You know? Oh, I get it. You were chumming up. Yeah. It was just like I used nap time to to cozy up to somebody and get right. some fun. I, I, you know, we lived in a pre-consensual world, and uh, <laughs> it was just... You know, when you're four, it's just unless you actually wanted to nap. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And in editor's note: there was no pre-consensual uh, world. There was just you know a, a zeitgeist when consent wasn't talked about in the same way. Consent should have always been talked about, regardless. Sure, sure, but I mean, but back then in the '60s, children were still considered the property of their parents. So, one hundred percent. That's what I would say. Pre-consensual. You're you're right that it shouldn't have been. But it was. You're right. What I'm, you know, people of our vintage are doing in therapy is unlearning all that bullshit. Oh, my God. Every single day. Emancipate Um, all children from age four. Give them a tiny briefcase. They're out in their own for at least two years. (laughs) Let them find themselves. Do your best. I say get it started. It would, you know what? It would make parenting a lot easier. Oh, my. Wouldn't that be great if you had... Yeah, ages four to six, you're just off duty. <laughs> Do they, I think they have a 
show like that now. I think it's some Japanese show. Yeah, I don't it, know how successful it is, but it is sending four-year-olds out into the world. That's I know it well in English. It's called oh, what's it called? I forget something alone. So Child just a, yeah, it's called child abuse. So minor correction: they don't, they're not sending children into like the wilderness to sort of like diminish their numbers on their own natural selection but it's like your first errand so the idea is like <laughs> they tell the whole town like okay this little kid is gonna go buy some strawberries everyone knows okay everyone and, does know i see yeah. it's really fake i didn't i haven't done any sort of a deep dive it's great though because you know all it did was give me ptsd to <laughs> right. our own version of that back in the 60s which was not telling anyone and you yeah. sent your six-year-old out for smokes 100 percent for smokes Yes, and that's right. And there was no film crew. No one in the neighborhood knew what was happening. And then the part two, which was make mommy a drink. A big time. I've heard so many stories on podcasts, especially about kids who are like, one for me, one for you as a six-year-old. Like, I want to be like mom and just getting destroyed at the, the pool party. Oh, my God. I think my parents used it. And listen... I, they, had, they couldn't have had it easier, my parents. They only had one kid <laughs> Come on. kids bouncing around in the backseat. But I deliberately remember we would go out for Chinese food once a week. And I'm sure <laughs> I was drugged. I was given like a little taste of some drink. And that, in conjunction with the MSG, maybe I was just a really active child. And so I just needed to be sedated. So that uh, the parents could have a nice time. And I just remember, you know, being carried, if you know, from the restaurant to the car, sleeping all the way home and then carried into the house. Groggy little memories. Well, listen, Avira, I don't want to come for you, but I, I'm going to say maybe not much has changed because in our first meeting, you immediately announced yourself as drugged. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I'm here you are. Medicating. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor, your ability to hold all the threads of this car you are a master it's fantastic I'm thank you oh my god i'm so I'll, i mean listen i'll see if i can keep the juggling up also yeah you know if we hearken back to like the teens or the 20s it was or maybe before it was pretty common i'm thinking like angela's ashes style but where you just rub <laughs> a bit of whiskey on the gums of the kid oh just i heard that too for you sure. know all these things they're they're just horrible and you know when i talk about this stuff with my own kids they're mortified. Like it is, it's truly a wonder that as that may, as many of us made it through. Truly, as we have. Although, it, yeah, if you know, if it, if it were for certain things, maybe there'd be even more boomers. And we have really, you know, we have fucked up the world quite a bit. Like we are responsible for so much. I mean, of it's a tough. It's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough age group. It's a tough reckoning. But. Yeah, it's a tough reckoning. But no, you're right. Because I think about and like, it's also a nice thing you think about your own folks and the way you were raised to cut slack, because so much of the time you're like, I don't know, this seemed normal. People were telling us that type of playground was safe for children. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God. Playgrounds. Don't even, dude. Please. Can't do it. But yeah. Can't. I know. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's go back to so Trouble with Angels. Fantastic. You were a bit of a Haley Mills, but not with the whole like, garters uniform thing but you just wanted rosalind russell to you know apply some pressure i, sh I definitely yeah i wanted to Great. be called to the mat yep <laughs> called to the mat and your parents never caught you watching it this these were times no you know the kurtz i gotta say you, like you would think also as one child there would be a lot more scrutiny but i think <laughs> there was just 
so much denial. You know, when you put all your eggs into one basket, the last thing you want to realize is that you are actually holding a very, very gay basket. <laughs> there was a lot of um, a lot of explaining away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't but queerness aside, that movie is delinquent children. Like Haley Mel's smoking cigarillos. Sure. Yeah. Were your parents worried you were gonna get up to some shit like that? Were you beyond the the mat at school, like not staying on your own mat? Were you disobedient? Um you know, like I had I had some advantage some advantages. It's funny, I without realizing it, you know, I, I, I covered a lot of my experience in my comedy mm -hmm. uh, a lot of my actual experiences but i did you know my parents were hungarian immigrants so they didn't speak any english mm. i learned english before them and ahead of them so you know if i there were shenanigans in school but i was acting as a translator <laughs> right so <very> selective <laughs> <laughs> at those parent teacher meetings you know Right. Uh, she'd be pacing the class, you know, the front of the class, talking about what a problem child I am, and I'm looking at my parents, like shrugging. She says I'm an angel. <laughs> it's for. I mean, listen. If they want reliable services, hire a translator. You're not going to work for free, right? That's not Some... my job. <laughs> you were a writer from the beginning. You were editorializing. A hundred percent. I was controlling the narrative. <laughs> and and that is your right, as far as I say. So where do we go from the trouble with angels? Mm. Who made me gay after that? Well, mm. again, like I said, I'm just kind of hopscotching all over mm. deep cuts from the Elvira Kirk comedy archives. But, you know, there, I would often think that, you know, a socially sanctioned way for parents to get back at their children was the way that they dressed us. And I mean, you can see what a good time they were having. If you go back in the day, look at those, some of those outfits they put you in. You know, like, I remember like flipping through the, the photo albums, like, was I in the Navy? Why am I in the same? <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, oh my God, she made I, I, this again, an outfit that I was just aghast at. And yet, was it like a little pinafore? It wasn't. It, okay. was, it was much worse. It was crocheted. It was like a neon pink crochet pantsuit. Oh. And I have many photos of me wearing it. I remember not liking it. Do you Correct. know what kind of reality you are trying to stave off by choosing a yarn that is neon pink? Do, do you know what I mean? Like she was trying to counter what she must have been picking up on with yeah. the the, the boldest, the most visceral pink. Yes. She could like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to weave a pink spider <laughs> around. Totally. Tiny lesbian in the making and just see if I can like, you know, smother the gayness out of her with neon pink. And but so you know what? That's on her because everyone knows nothing's queerer than neon, like a baby pastel pink, maybe. But neon pink, that's like a, a Studio 54 podium dancer. It's true. We could definitely flip the switch and bird and bones that shit. Come on. Totally. And be like, Irene, <laughs> what were you trying to tell me? Irene. So then I would say, you know, after I came out to get back at her, I was like, yeah. <laughs> You want to know why I'm gay? I blame I blame the pantsuit. Totally, totally. But especially crochet, that just sounds so hot. It was really, it was bad. And it had a liner, you know, it had like a satin 
equally vibrant. Oh no. I was just a bell bottom mess. Just, we were sending all kinds of mixed messages. It's complicated. I, I refused to have the long hair. Yeah. So I, I probably looked like a tiny man. <laughs> That's right. Like a tiny car salesman from Vegas. Also, you're going to be, so, if, if you didn't cut your hair short with that wool pantsuit on, you're going to have heat stroke 24 seven. Totally. Got to vent out. Like I said, all the mixed messages, I went to, I would get my hair cut at my dad's barbershop. Yes. At Spina and DuPont in Toronto, Camillo's yep. barbershop, where they called me whiskers. I mean, <laughs> you can dress me any way you want, but whiskers is still going to the barbershop to get their hair cut. Oh it's my God. Lesbian in training. Whiskers is such a great little butch nickname. Uh, also, did you have like a little, I picture you with like a little fake pipe with bubbles coming out of it. <laughs> you nailed it. And I also had a straw hat with a little band around it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh my God. So, cause you're born and bred Toronto. Downtown. Yeah. Oh man. So Spadina and DuPont, like yeah. that's like DuPont subway station now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a barbershop still still at the same location. It's kind that of tracks. you're about to go up to. Yeah, the bridge is there and then it's the road up to Castellana if you follow it around. A hundred percent. This is very this is local work, folks. If you're outside of Toronto, I apologize for these references. Have you been back to that barber? Um, no, not since they 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 changed hands. I mean, my dad had to find another bar like Camillo actually retired. So that's how long my dad kept okay go into that same spot but um yeah Man. i haven't been back there but i see the shop and i'm like oh whiskers oh uh, whiskers that was yeah that's like they're forcing your hand at that point <laughs> pretty much it was like, <laughs> you know i was going to be straight but i'm kind of trying on <laughs> that's whole right thing and it's working for me <laughs> you made me queer we'll be right back and now back to more you made me queer Going back to the clothes, clothes are such a funny thing. I mean, obviously, we talk so much more now about the importance of what they mean for gender performance and all the things. Like, it makes sense we fight against them. Yeah. But I remember certain things that I was allowed to wear that, like, we were a very Catholic family, and mm -hmm. we dressed up for church. We went every Sunday and every high holy holiday. And going to church meant you wore a blazer. And I, I had the most, bless my mom, the most hideous blazers loud 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 blazers that were like you're either a talk show host or like i don't know it was they were just so queer wow like what yeah. like brocade like yeah so we've got so one i remember specifically is like it was black and white which i think is a strong move for church but whatever sure. uh like houndstooth and they were all oversized because i think they were hand-me-downs too uh -huh. so like this big kind of like um almost a bit of a train on it blazer in houndstooth really yeah don't wear that to church god doesn't want that no and black and white you're right that's like the wedding and the funeral <laughs> so, yes decide pick a lane drummer <laughs> what do you want from me uh yeah it was a dark time so you yeah. so you shrugged off you had to fight against these clothes when did you start to get dressed in the way you wanted to huh yeah i guess well, <laughs> no, I had, you know, I, I, there, there was always, it, it was tense until I, I moved out. I moved out. I had to, I had to flee mm -hmm. my home. I, I, there was no way that my parents would ever sanction 
uh, a moving out the way that you, you know we're preparing here with our teenager. You know, there's a lot of conversation now about when I move out on my own. You know, for us the parents, yeah. it's like, oh, believe it when we see it. <laughs> right. But it's still, you know, you're saying the right things. Like, yes, there will be a time when you are no longer it no longer makes sense for you to be here. You need to test your wings. And for, you know, with me and the Kurtz, they were like, we're going to, we're going to hold you. It's like the Bugs Bunny cartoon. We're going to hold you. <laughs> and and, and you you're never going to Right. Was um, this a Hungarian thing as well? It's Hungarians. It's immigrants. Right. Like you stayed home till you're married. Is that the idea? Pretty much. I'm okay. thinking. Or yeah. just, you know, we're all... None of us want to be here, so no one gets to be happy. Right, right. <laughs> like, I don't think they, they were probably looking back. I'm sure they're super unhappy people. But that, as you would, without ever thinking that you can choose to examine your life and transform your circumstances in some way, as you do with therapy. You know, That's my right. attitude with therapy is like, why? Right. Why? What, what is the point of, like, what was so bad? Well, everything. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be. That's right. Or yes. We... It wasn't, we, we now really talk about finding our agency and, and as queer people, that's so important. But like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Your dad went to the same barber until the barber retired. You don't change. No change. We don't change. We don't yeah. change. Listen, we came over from a war-torn country. That's all the yeah. change. That's right. Us, and no, nothing else changes. So yeah. And that's I, a big change. So it was a struggle. So even though I was, you know, at a time when you would be encouraging autonomy, there was always a conflict about, you know, what to look like. And my, you know, to this day in this house that I've never lived in with my parents because I moved in and, and then they later moved, there is a bedroom recreated <laughs> for me with clothes hanging in it still from that time. That for I you to move home? Never. I don't know. It's some <laughs> sort of a shrine. It's a museum. It's weird. It's weird. I take my kids there and they're like, this was your bedroom? Like, no. <laughs> no. Childhood furniture? It was. Oh, no. Here now. Yeah. It's a weird little replica. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there is, is there any closet in that house you haven't opened? <laughs> Do you, now hear me out, because obviously someone in your family is a crocheter. For sure. Do you think there's a crocheted Elvira somewhere that they like put in the room? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be finding So when I go through that house at some point, as I will have to, as the sole beneficiary, not yeah. Though the truth is the Kurtz are never going to die. <laughs> and that yeah. is because that house is filled with little crocheted versions of us. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's our souls. And they do. They take turns doing the voices and making you behave the way they always wished you had. Totally. And Ugh. in that world, I, I am the daughter that they had always wanted. I'm a doctor and I'm married and I have this amazing family. That's right. You're wearing a hot pink lab coat, just like a good woman should. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> well, they, I'm glad that's settled. So you moved out because yeah. you you had to be you. I did. And then I'm guessing you got up to some real trouble with Angel's queer shenanigans. Sure did. But even before then, it was happening in okay. the basement at home. It was. I started my first year at university in... Um, in that home and that's where i got a, yeah i went to u of t and okay. art house was very much like the dark cold 
castle-like environment that Haley Mills went to. Yes. Schooling with Rosalind Russell. Well, all I was missing was Rosalind Russell, but I did find my best friend to, you know, mess around with. In pretty okay. And this is perfect because Hart House and U of T, for folks who don't know, it sort of has this sort of like old world Brit university kind of cosplay going on where it's like oh, there's this medieval building yeah i don't know where yeah it was a weird freaky place still is still is still is haunted to the gills so you met this friend there and yeah. how did you i mean how did this start this sort of messing around well as it does for <laughs> a lot of us unawares type homos mm -hmm. and and remember I, and looking back i do wish that i had you know, come out with a sense of pride and mm -hmm. not closeted shame. Yeah. But closeted shame was the path that I... Uh, <laughs> it was our birthright. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it was through sports, as we do, like I said, as we do, we find ourselves drawn to the sporting life. It's mm -hmm. socially acceptable and and for lesbians, as we now see in the remake of A League of Our Own. What a reimagining that oh my God. bit of anachronism is. Oh my God. Like, and I've only recently seen the original, like within the last month, just when- the, Oh, for the first time? When, yeah, when the previews were coming out for this series remake, I admitted to my friend circle that I had never seen A League of Our Own when it first came out. That's and so I, deeply homophobic, Elvira. I think it is. Yeah. Well, I was on a trajectory. I was so focused on my career. I missed a whole bunch of stuff. And also, I chose different movies. Like, I never saw Pretty in Pink, but I did see the art house film Diva, <laughs> <laughs> some obscure French film sure. at, the, at the same time. So I was just making different choices. Anyway, it's been fun with, you know, my current partner to, you know, admit I never saw that. You know, and then jaws drop, as they do. Nine to five, never saw, what? Whoa. And it's amazing that it holds up, but A League of Our Own, problematic as it was, yeah. you know, in this retelling on uh, Amazon Prime, uh, oh my God, it's the gayest thing ever. <sighs> I have not seen the remake yet. I watched the original so many times as a kid. Mm. Of course, now looking back, it's like Tom Hanks and white women, the end. So right. it's certainly not diverse, but no, no. um, and also you know, there was maybe a nod to some sp gender spectrum, right? Right. But they were just seen as like the ugly girls or the butch girls, but not you know still assumed to be straight, as opposed to this new version, which is like they don't look a certain way because they're not like you, and they represent the women that are not on the binary. Yeah. And fuck you because of that. Now we're, we're, all the stripes of the rainbow are celebrated. What a, yes. What a time for the kids to come up in. It is I, a time where... Nas X, like, does, did that guy not just break your mind? Oh, yeah. It's, I've thought about this a lot where, like, to, to think about the amount of times I've had to come out and re-come out because I'm still holding a part of myself back. And yeah. just, I'm so excited to see a generation that's like... Yes. But why would I hide anything about myself? For sure. Absolutely. Let's and that's try their power. Things on for sure. And yeah. listen, just the fear with which trans is met 
in society today is just yeah. showing how close we are to breaking that last year. Yes, 100%. Yeah. It's so, that last little death cry. We're just, we're, the oven was baking for a while. Now it's on broil because we got to get that top layer burned right off. It's true. And we're still all doing it with an easy bake oven. So. I know. I know. Why? And that's systemic. No, we're not. Okay. We, so. Yeah. Yeah, so League of Our Own, we're not sponsored by Amazon Prime, but please go watch okay. League of Their Own. Sure, or, or not. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I'm finding it weirdly anachronistic. Like, the, the level of irony they're applying to women who lived in the 40s. It, it's, yeah. I keep being snapped out of the story to go, what? I don't think they, I really don't know if they would have behaved like that, but methinks no. Right. You mean a level of irony, like, are they very, like, uh, can you give an example? Well, it's just like, like the comedic sensibility of yeah. people in it and writing it. Yeah, we're very like aside and meta and like nudge, nudge, wink, wink now, which in the 40s, I don't think would have happened. I don't know that they would have. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not hating it, but I sure. am noticing it. And I'm but kind you've got of, notes. <laughs> but not, and not in a way that drive anyone of enjoying it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not so invested that I'm mad about it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, like, let's just, this is an interesting, fun thing. It's fine. I'll, I'll keep going down the road they want to take me. Sure. Why stop now? Also, America's sweetheart Darcy Carden is in it. I don't know her character's name, but do you know Darcy Carden? For sure. Oh. Yeah. What a Goliath. Truly. Beautiful. You're not wrong. Yeah. I'm, thank you. So let's go back to the, the cobwebby interior of spooky hard house yeah let's do it yeah Elvira Curtis skulking through the halls yeah. uh, and runs into this new friend uh, via sports and then do, do you remember the first time the that sort of you crossed the threshold with this friend yeah take us there for sure um we were sitting in like in a little recess like a bay window on a bench <gasps> it was quite late yeah after hours and, you know, my parents were, it's not like they expected me to come home. It's just they didn't really understand what I was doing. Both of them never went beyond a, a graded education. So for them, you know, university, they were not able to, to know the experience I was going through. So there was, we already were, there was like a breakdown in communication. So I don't know if they expect, I, like I could just say, I'm studying. Right. Okay. Um, but you will come home, right? Because that's where your bed is. And right. sure that there's no way for you to have a bed anywhere else. We would that's never right. consider you not being here. So I know And what was your degree? Was it something that didn't even make sense to them, like communications? Sure. Like their whole plan was so just go to somewhere and be a doctor at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because a doctor is prestigious. It makes it makes it worth it for us to have left our hovel at in our tiny home country yeah. in this poverty, and now you are going to you know be the shiny treat that we show to everyone that explains our life to yes. them. Yeah, and uh, so no pressure, but that's what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so do this, become, and then also the implication is. And then you will, and then you get to take care of us. So we did all of this. Right. And so the, all we ask is your entire life. <laughs> That's right. No us. big. Right. 
So yeah. in the meantime, I'm in this alcove in uh, Hart, Hart House with uh, my first girlfriend, Renata, and mm -hmm. she's uh, four years older than me. She's, she's a senior, and I'm a friend. Oh, very Rosalind Russell. Totally. We have been on the flag football team together, a sport I had no idea how it was even played, but it was just, you know, girls I like. Right, and I have a, uh, I'm required to grab at your body. Exactly. Perfect. Now, it was touch, but that's even better than tackle. <laughs> yes. In some ways, touch football is better than tackle because it's so close. It's so close, and yet yes. you can't, you know, consummate. It's just touch. I just touch you. Ooh. And, uh, you know, that's enough to get that sort of electrifying feeling. So, you know, that, will have, that would have happened in the morning. We would have had our days. She's doing whatever she needs to do to finish her degree. I'm fumbling through all of being at university. I went from a high school with, you know, that I had a hundred kids in its <gasps> grade 13. Remember wow. this was grade 13. And now I'm yeah. at a university with thousands of people. I, I took, you know, I had, there were so many kids in first year bio, you didn't even meet. You just right. studied independently, which meant for me. Not studying. <laughs> I didn't have, nobody yeah. was checking my attendance. So I just kind of fumbled through first year, sure. but I knew that I met, I was on the same schedule as my person and so we were now uh, in this late night scenario probably mm. just holding wing binders on our laps mm. and uh and and she was leaning towards me you know and i would be sort of <laughs> backing away because it was very intense yeah and um you know we may have had beers downstairs and you'd been crushing on renata for like weeks and weeks at this point sure they would have been like conversations at group conversations where you know we would just laser lock eyes and mm. and then she'd do a you know like a half a wink like a surreptitious like just for me oh. and, uh, yeah it was like being touched again and touch football mm -hmm. anyway and then uh, she was like i think you need to have a, a a relationship with a woman that is a lot deeper and closer than you've ever known or like that uh-huh. <laughs> Is that what I need? Okay, if you say so. Sure. And, uh, you know, that that kind of leaning only, you can only <sighs> lean so far until your head hits a wall. Right, and then, you smash out the window. What a way for this to end. I, well, it ends not with smashing through the window, but Great. my head against a wall and the person leaning just continuing to lean until our lips eventually meet. And then it was all over. Then the deal was sealed. Yep. Very natural. And I was doing what I was always meant to do. I felt like I, I found a home, really. My God. Oh my God. And for, it's, it's so funny because, I mean, of course it makes sense, the built up tension from the day and the touch football, et cetera, like you've said. For sure. But for queer folks too, that's like the dormant energy from like 15 years or sometimes longer where you're like, I've been leaning in for this kiss for over a decade. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Ooh. I had... I did because I didn't know I mm. had dated guys, but it wasn't this. This was a yeah. whole new level. You know, everything was electric in a way that nothing had been before. And I'm talking yeah. about the weeks leading up to this. So it did feel like certainly like the first time or that I was doing it in my skin for the first time. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah. As you. As me. Alone. Do you know that's funny? And I think I've told this on the show before, but the first time I kissed someone, I was in high school. It was a girl who was my girlfriend at the time, bless her, in a basement 
house party in the closet. And I remember as soon as we started kissing, I was like, I wonder what this would be like to do with a guy. Immediately, I thought of that. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. And I knew that before. I was not, you know, in high school with my table of girl friends, my gang, mm-hmm. you know, what they were doing was well beyond me. It would, seemed alien behavior. You know, I, it would never occur to me to buy a magazine called Bride. Like, <laughs> you know, like so let alone sit at a table and, and flip through it. Also, it's weak creative work. It's not imaginative. It's so, it's so perfunctory. There's no poetry in a name like that. Make an effort. It's true. It's yeah. pretty on the nose. Like it is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have been a perfect place to hide. Yeah. But it didn't occur to me either to hide. So they'd all be <laughs> gathered around looking at Bride magazine. But I had skiing. <laughs> I was in an all-female fight club down by the train yard. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, that's. The... <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, no one knew. <laughs> nobody, I didn't. Nobody said anything. But yeah, they were thinking it. And I do <sighs> recall a conversation in high school, in grade thirteen, where you know one of the one of the girls was was talking about a blowjob, and I remember you know nodding, like literally Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Just mimicking. <laughs> we're all nodding now. Right. And you were like gesturing like the sort of like chin stroke. Oh, yes. Yes. For sure. And then yeah. remembering, I better I better find the page in Bride Magazine that they are talking about. <laughs> I, I have no clue what is happening right now. We're totally. <laughs> Without realizing that, you know, had they been talking about, you know, cunnilingus or... Yeah. Peach eating. Ah, yes. Now yes. the equivalent, but it was a very slow awakening. <sighs> I was, I was, you know, they they had all of their vents open yeah. to straightness, and I had no idea that my pot was on the back burner, simmering, yeah. waiting for you know lesbian equivalent. A hundred percent. A lot of cooking metaphors this time around, which I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. Okay. Let's try. Yeah. Let's try. They seem to fit. But you know what, you're right too, and that's funny in that, like, I think, certainly not Little Nas X has no catching up to do, but earlier on when we had to sort of partition ourselves, or, you know, do this um, code switch, basically, where different parts of ourselves were frozen in time, where we didn't get to sexually mature, or even socially mature in many ways, because it was unsafe. It was unsafe, for sure. And I do, like, I remember the theater kids in high school, probably not unlike still today, despite all the anti-bullying campaigns. You know, those kids in my high school were singled out and Mm. and derided as being gay and probably received horrible, not probably, received horrible treatment. And I remember looking at them like, those are the freaks. (laughs) Realizing that... I was, I was them too. Yeah. And, and but even in within my friend group, there were other people like me, who were passing, who were hiding. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when we met later in our twenties, you know, be like, oh, you too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. And not to mention the legions that I have since met of 
of girls specifically who went to all girls Catholic school. I went to a co-ed school mm. who I would then see at the Rose on Church Street. The, yes. The bar at the time. Be like, come on. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And there were so many more of them. Sure. Yeah, on the one hand, it can be nice to be like, oh, we were all there. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, if only we had had some kind of tool to connect, we all could have helped each other through it. Exactly. Why were we adversaries when we were actually on the same team? 100%. We were, it was a league of their own. We were all batting to win. I'm not good with a sports reference. You're braiding the thickest <laughs> uh, horse tail. That's <laughs> right. It's the most gorgeous horse tail really is and i'm gonna i'm gonna plug into it with the tree of life on avatar <sighs> just to give you another thread to challenge you with <laughs> another thread to, to weave into this but i'm gonna connect it and then it's gonna light it up and everything is gonna you're going to be at one. Oh my god pandora okay fiber optics and just so timely because the new movie's coming out can't wait great Great, great promo for that. So listen, Elvira, <laughs> brought to you by the new Avatar. Um, so unfortunately, we are almost out of time. But yeah. before I let you go, uh, I would like to play a game. Would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. You're fantastic. my favorite person right now. Oh, my God. So I'm. Has everyone that you've talked to had the same reaction? Like, you're amazing. L listen, get out, get out of here. I'm so glad this is on tape, by the way. Mm. You heard that quote. Uh, so let's say how you feel after this game, because maybe you will have changed your mind. Okay, yeah, yeah, this yeah. game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queerer, Queerist. Oh, okay. I love it. I'm going to give you three things. Your job is to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Okay, okay. Okay, beautiful. Thing number one, Mayor McCheese. Do you remember this McDonald's mascot? Sure. Great. So for folks who don't, uh, Mayor McCheese at the head of a cheeseburger. Folks who don't, Google. You know, yeah, Google it. Your work for you. If you're actually queer, you should know every <laughs> one of these reference levels yeah. on yeah. your own. That's right. Okay? We figured it out. Now you have to. Constantly telling this to the younger generation that I am actually raising Gen Z. They're so fucking lazy. It's like, it's true. It <laughs> if they don't know it, it didn't exist. If it doesn't live on TikTok, it's nothing. And I, I'm like, sure, you can live that way, but good luck with the world. Yeah, yeah. So so basically what Elvira is saying is if you showed up not knowing who Mayor McCheese is, that's on you. Exactly. And you know what? You're dead to us. You're dead. You're, you're certainly not going to be a guest on this show. Mm -hmm. So here's thing number two. Okay, Mayor McCheese is first. Yeah, go. Yeah, that moment when you're strapped into a rickety carnival ride, uh -huh. and then you just overhear the ride operator go, huh, that's weird. Okay. And then the ride starts. That moment. That's thing number two. Thing number three, bubble guns. You know those toys shoot bubbles? Mm-hmm. That's it. So, Mayor McCheese, that moment when you're strapped into a rickety ride and you hear the operator go, huh, that's weird, and bubble guns, least to most queer and why? Um, the least queer is the carnival ride operator because the feeling that, that t comes over you in that moment is, oh my God, he's talking about me. <laughs> I have been found out. So that's the least queer. That's the most like heteronormative of all of these queer things. Okay. And then bubble guns, because that's the second. Um, <laughs> queer is the carnival ride. Queer is the bubble gums, because that's 
you know, no queer in their right mind would fire a bubble gun non-ironically. So that's you okay. trying to assimilate with your surroundings. Or if you're doing it queerly, say at Fire Island or the Gay Beach. Well, well referenced. It's because you are taking back bubble gunness. <laughs> right? Totally. It's Mayor McCheese. <laughs> it's just drag, baby. It's just drag. It's drag. It's drag. And also that glasses that are not quite a monocle. They're like glasses on a stick. Ugh. Drag. That's the original. Can I go ahead and allege and say that's the original drag queen? Will I get canceled for that? No, I don't think you'll get canceled. I think it's very, very true. There was somebody, right. even if they weren't aware of it, whoever designed that character, they were, they were something about their essence was coming through. There was a lot of projecting onto that character, for sure. No question. And let me check, because we were talking about school. This is an academic test. So let me just check your score. One, two, three, ABC. Congratulations, Elvira. You got 100%. Thank you. You are, in fact, a queer person. Thank you so much. I hey, feel, thank you. I feel queerer for it. And I was going to say, listen, I was pretty queer when this conversation started, but talking to you, Elvira, even in your prone mm -hmm. state has made me queer than ever. So yeah. thanks. Anything you want to plug before I say goodbye? Just stay tuned. <laughs> Chill as hell. Again, like we don't have to educate you about our projects. You come to us. Exactly. Perfect. Stay tuned to Elvira Kurt. Thank you so much. I'm worth the deep dive. No question. That's that's actually what I've said to every woman I've ever met. <laughs> it's the best pickup line. <laughs> and also the worst. As, as you slip them over a Molson stock ale, I'm worth a deep dive. <laughs> I just push it over. I nudge it over. Totally. You don't even make eye contact yet. Just that. Exactly. And then you shoot a bubble gun. Boo boo. Look at you. Again dovetailing right to the end i'm gonna sleep for 24 hours after this i've used a day's worth of energy with you well you've got the bed sheet right behind you i just gotta lie back <laughs> and wrap it around you close the fridge door and away you go oh my god you're or leave it open it's summer exactly listen this was my joy thank you so much of your i'm such a big fan oh you're so kind well now Get i'm and to bona fide you're <laughs> literally the best this was so fun so easy and that's all you my gay friend thank you that is my job i am a here of service to you um so thanks and get well soon hey oh yeah for sure probably <laughs> in another two pills or <laughs> that's right <laughs> just keep going just get a keep a phone nearby okay take right. care take care you too bye bye, -bye. And that's it. That was good, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I told you you were going to like it. And Elvira was perfect. Okay, so as always, you can email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Tell me what made you queer. Tell me what you want to hear on Queer Queerer Queerist, if maybe you have an idea. Uh, blame me for making you queer and send me your phone number. All of these things are possible. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this show. It's important. It's our third season. Basically, in media years now, we uh, should be taken out to a field and shot. So we need your continued support. We, again, it's me and Sean. Sean's my editor. I do the show. We need your support to continue doing this. And that's it. So uh, bless you.
as Sister Act taught me to say, bless you and cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our engineer is Sean Ben Beaton of the Triple Barrel Names. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of our music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday. And oh my, from the bottom of my big, bent heart, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.